We hold these truths to be self-evident. For enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. This is episode 33. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. If you guys do not hear from me for a couple days, it's probably because I am in France. Yes, I'm going to be hopping on a flight later today to head over to France to go see all the World War II stuff I've been waiting to see since, well, I've been kind of, I, I, I am, I'm a huge World War II nut. I love it. Well, I, lo- I love the history behind it and everything that happened afterwards and our whole reasoning with getting involved. And I don't know. I think it's, I think it's probably one of America's best times of its history when it comes to not, not the war itself, but that generation is probably the most badass generation we've ever had. And I think a lot of people would agree there was better. It was, it was a better time than we have going on. Cause like right now we have people like, like this gentleman that we're about to start this one off with. We don't, we, they didn't have that as much back then because for one social media wasn't a thing. And I think social media has actually ruined people in general when it comes to it's, I say this and it's kind of funny. It's where I make all of my, my, my income comes off social media. And I, and I'm saying this being honest, I think social media has absolutely ruined humans as a whole. It really has. I mean, when, I, when, it, when it comes to like the way that people think and they treat each other, social media has made it to where like humans don't interact the same way they did 10 years ago or even 20 years ago or even five years ago. And people kind of have forgotten what it feels like to get punched in the face. So they talk a lot of, talk a lot of bad things behind the internet. I don't know where I was going with that, but it started with me flying over to France and now I'm sitting here talking about social media. So we're going to kick it off. If you guys did not know, Joe Biden can be, I mean, it's not, nothing's probably going to happen of it, but he, they're saying that he could be sucked into the probe that his son is getting. Well, that doesn't sound right. He's going to get, maybe, <laughs> he could get mixed in with his son here. Hunter Biden is not really the most, mm, he's probably not the one you want your kids to look up to. So a new report was published on Tuesday, contends that President Joe Biden could be tied up with an ongoing FBI investigation into his son Hunter Biden's finances due to the sharing of bank accounts and payment of each other's bills. Yes, that is kind of strange because Hunter Biden is an old, well, I'm going to say he's not an old man, but he's not a child and him and his dad probably shouldn't be having the same bank account. That is kind of weird. Very strange. Emails obtained by the DailyMail.com from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop show that his business partner, Eric Schuer, Schuer, why are last names so jacked up? I feel like back in the day when we first came over here, I think they just, I always say they slammed keyboards on the ground, but they like, they're just mashed together. They're, I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Was working on Joe Biden's tax return to discussing the father and son paying each other's bills. Schuer, Schuer. Additionally, the emails show that Shru- <laughs> I can't say this dude's last name to save my life. I really can't. It seems really simple when I'm looking at S H A S S C H W E R I N Shurin fielded book deals request for Joe Biden, who was vice president at the time, and also managed the donation of Biden senator papers to the University of Delaware. So Hunter Biden has claimed that he and his father shared a bank account and admitted last year that he was under federal investigation over his taxes. Mm. See, this is the legal version of what Hunter Biden likes. This one just kind of gets you hyped up for a little bit. His was his was 
a little different. You lose your teeth. Emails show that on April 9th of 2020, 20, <laughs> I see the name Shuren and I'm get all jacked up. April 9th of 2010, Shuren. Dude, why can't I say this name? This is actually kind of embarrassing. I have to have a speech impediment. There's no way that I, I Shuren. This has got to be one of the tougher words I've ever had to pronounce on this. Wrote to Hunter, I was dealing all afternoon with JRB's taxes, but saw the big issue, so it was all worth it. Oh my lands, look at this, this is tasty. An expert on money laundering and criminal tax law told Daily Mail that those entanglements could drag the current president into an FBI investigation. Do you guys really think that's going to happen? Do you guys think currently, like, sitting at home, do you guys think a current sitting president is going to get dragged into an FBI investigation? Do you guys really think something's actually going to come of this when it comes to his son? No, it's not going to come of it, they're just going to circle back. Jen Psaki is going to circle back just like she does on everything else. Circle back. Or she's going to get kind of overly heated and kind of irritated, and then she's going to move on to another reporter. That's, that's what, that's what this, this, this administration does. The FBI and IRS are reportedly also investigating Hunter Biden's business relationships and the possibility that money laundering charges are in order. Corruption is the predicated offense for money laundering, and besides corruption, it is a perception of corruption. This kind of thing should not be happening. It undermines the full faith of the U.S. government. It undermines trust and our international reputation, and it's an embarrassment. That is what uh, was added to this, and I agree 110%. So, as we do know, Joe Biden, or just not not Joe Biden, excuse me, but Hunter Biden has had, I guess Joe as well, but Hunter Biden has had a little bit of issues since his dad has became president. Not his drug-related issues are back in the day. At least he got new teeth now. Somehow, I would hope the taxpayer dollars didn't pay for his teeth. I would assume they didn't, though. That would be, that would be corruption at its finest. But anyway, Saki says that Biden doesn't owe... Any kind of money to the IRS, even though it's kind of funny, is is my camera guy who gets to listen to me complain sometimes about taxes. I got hit with a tax bill the other day. I paid it because I you have to pay it. And I go on here and I'm 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 going to explain to you guys. There's no way that Joe Biden doesn't owe any taxes. If you look at the amount of money that they say that he has moving through his his accounts, there's absolutely no way that there's just no way because I I understand taxes a little bit over the last few years. I've had to learn a lot about taxes, unfortunately. There, there's If you look at how much money has been going through his accounts, there's no way that this gentleman paid relatively even close to the amount of money he should have paid in taxes. And he's the one who's even crazier as he's the one that's screaming that we need to raise taxes on all the rich. And he calls himself like, what, middle-class Joe? Yeah. You guys are about to find out how middle-class Joe is. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Tuesday claimed allegations that President Biden owes as much as 500000 unpaid Medicare taxes have been debunked. That actually hasn't been hasn't been debunked, by the way. So Bob Willens is a tax expert at Columbia University, and he says that in my view, the case can easily be made that Biden knows back taxes. I think that any average American, I think that anybody knows this, if they saw this, would would believe this as well. And this is kind of funny because every news outlet has literally smothered this and will not speak about it one bit other than the ones that don't really like him. But the Post has pointed out that it hasn't been debunked, though. I just cited an expert and Saki cut off the gentleman who was trying to explain it during a White House press briefing and asking her questions about it. Of course, she doesn't want to speak on it, wants to move on because she doesn't want to be made public. All in all, as I'm sitting here like reading this, this is the goofiest stuff ever because it just shows you the people you put in power, they don't play by their own rules at all, ever. Never have and they probably never will. Experts say that the notion that Biden knows taxes. So Willens, the same gentleman who said that it was not debunked, also went on to state that whether the IRS is willing to uh, 
make the case, however, it was questionable given the identity of the shareholder. That's what I was saying. He is literally the president of the United States. Do you really think that they're going to go on and, and follow through with it? Even though he probably did do something wrong and probably does owe taxes, it's not going to happen. So here we go. Biden and First Lady Jill Biden routed more than $13 million through S corporations and counted less than 800 grand of it as salary eligible for Medicare tax, exempting the rest from what would have been a 3.8% rate. $13 million routed through S corporations. Now, I know this. I do have S corporations myself. I've got a handful of them. I do. I have a bunch of income that comes through random, or excuse me, not a bunch, but I have income that comes through a bunch of different entities. That's how I generate revenue. That's just the way it is. It's called mailbox money is what I call it. And everybody tries to have mailbox money. That's pretty much what this is, except his is on a very large scale. I wish mine was on it. I mean, if it was, the thing is, if it's $13 million, taxable income bracket, have to throw those up there. 37%. That's just for federal. So I want you guys to realize that this is actually not going to be the amount of money that he's going to be paying because there's a lot of ways for people to get by on this kind of stuff, which the average American doesn't realize when you're investing inside a stock market. There's a lot of stuff they do called like tax harvesting. It's not illegal, not illegal at all. It's just a term that they utilize uh, to kind of start lowering the amount of taxes that you're going to owe at the end of the year on profits that you have made. It's just a thing. I mean, I've learned about, I actually didn't learn about this until about a year and a half ago. Actually, it wasn't a year. It was about, yeah, about a year and a half ago. Tax harvesting is a thing. I don't personally do it myself. The guy that, the financial advisors is the one that do it because you don't want to get mixed up in that kind of stuff. So, because you don't want to do it incorrectly. Basically, the thing is, is you sell off a stock. I'm just going to explain tax harvesting to you guys. You sell off a stock for a loss, and then you reinvest that money into the, essentially, if you were to, so here you go, for instance, you own stock in Coke. Coke goes down, you sell the stock of Coke, you buy Pepsi because you're not actually exiting the market uh, in, the, in that category, but you're re-entering the market. So you're exiting the market, taking a loss, re-entering the same area of the market with that money. Uh, just, just a way to look at it. So at the end of the year, you're not owing as much in taxes. It doesn't really matter. I'm explaining just one, one, one way around it. But on that kind of cash that you had to funnel through, say $13 million, I don't know, I'll route it through, don't say funnel. You'd be looking at a tax, just federal tax, at the, the current rate that he wants to increase. This is the rate that's at now, which is 37%, would be $4.8 million in taxes alone, just in federal owed taxes. And I know for a fact that would never happen with the amount of money that he's making. And whoever, it doesn't even matter if you're the president of the United States. I know a lot of people, if you make that much money, you are not paying nearly that much in taxes. This is not going to happen. That's just the way it is. There's always ways around it, taking losses, and that's what a good accountant's are for. That's why as you get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier, you can afford really good accountants, which is kind of ironic because then they save you a ton more money. That's just, that's just the way the world works. He only counted uh, less than 800000 of that as uh, basically taxable income as of that $13 million. <sighs> and me just looking at it right there, I can tell you right now, I'm not saying that paying taxes on $13 because that's not the way it works, but I'm just explaining to you guys how taxes how the rate of taxes do work on that kind of cash. If it is $13 million of capital gains, that's, that's what you would be paying. Like if you sold a company for $13 million, you would be paying $4.8 million in taxes. Joe Biden wants to raise taxes by nearly $2.1 trillion while claiming the rich need to pay their fair share. But in 2017, Joe Biden skirted his own payroll taxes, the very taxes that fund Medicare and Obamacare. According to the criteria CRS provided to my office, he owes the IRX and the American people hundreds of thousands of dollars in back taxes. That is factual. There is no way that that's not true. But if you just look at this, from what's been put out there, by the way, I haven't looked at any of I'm not looking through them, and, and actually, I won't do it. But I'm just saying, from what's put out there, there's no way that he does not owe. There's just no way it's, it's possible. 
unless he's found out a new scheme that I would love to be a part of that makes it legal to not pay as much in taxes. So goofy. The people that scream from the rooftops that we need to tax the rich get caught up in their own by not paying the taxes they owe, and they are the rich. It's kind of like Bernie Sanders fucking socialism. Yeah, we need it. Dude has like three fucking houses. The hell? I better, I better elect that up to make sure. All these videos here on YouTube, if you guys are watching YouTube, by the way, they all have to get approved. That's why you see them uh, get posted a day later. And this is, this is crazy. On Lunkers TV, it would take like maybe, I don't know, 12 hours to get a video approved. And like it'll take one person to review it. On this channel, for some reason, it's not even a big channel. We've got 10 or 11,000 subs, 11,000 plus subs on it now, which is great because I'm not promoting it. I'm just trying to see if it'll organically grow. But every single time we post a video, we have to get 12-ish, 15, 18 people look at these videos before they even allow them to get monetized. And a lot of times they don't. So there you go. I got to make sure that we're not spreading disinformation because we don't want to be deemed as a conspiracy theorist because that's not what I am. Bernie Sanders made $1.75 million just off his book royalties in 2016. And a lot of people probably think that I, I, I might be like making like I'm, I'm saying this kind of stuff to make fun of these people and because I'm and or jealous of their success. I'm not jealous of their success at all. I want people to be successful in life. I don't really care how much money you make. It does not affect me one bit. I don't care. I'm just trying to prove a point that if you're going to push a socialist agenda and try to divert money from the so-called rich to the poor so they don't have to work, then you probably need to, I mean, let's, Re- readjust yourself if you have three homes and you made 1.2 million in 2016 just off like your book sales Wait, what that's not socialism that's capitalism i i kind of went down a rabbit hole as we we do know it seems it seems like there's a little bit of i don't want to say corruption in the white house because i don't want to say i don't think joe biden understands even what the word corruption means at this point in his life which is fine it happens when you get old it's gonna happen to me if i make it to his age i'd be very happy i don't think i will props to him for making it that long but I will say this, I, I, his son is really taking advantage. And I think it's very well known that his son is taking advantage of his, his, his last name being Biden. I'm not saying for his drug use. I mean, everybody goes through their shit, So I'm not going to harp on his whole drug use because I know a lot of people that were addicted to drugs. So that's, not, that's not what I'm going to bash the guy for. But I'm talking about his like, other dealings and kind of uh, more corrupt dealings when it comes to what goes on behind the scenes. A lot of people gave the Trumps a lot of shit, but in the end, they were actual... Let's, let's be honest, they were actual businessmen and women. Like, they're actually pretty good at business. Granted, I mean, everybody knows that they failed in business. I've failed in business. Everybody fails in business. But in the end, they're pretty damn good businessmen. I mean, let's be honest, they are. So White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Tuesday said that the identify of people who buys the first sons, this is Hunter Biden's art, will remain anonymous. So the reason why this is kind of a big deal you can imagine somebody going and pay what they're talking about here is paying $75,000 for a painting of Hunter Biden that Hunter Biden made. Excuse me. That is, that is crazy to think about. I mean, you, I, I know, I understand how much profit would be inside of that. Cause Cammy, she paints these animals and she charges a hundred to 125 for these, these little dog painting things it takes her like four hours to do or whatever. This guy's making $75,000 on a painting because his last name is Biden. Now, you don't think that these people are buying these paintings or excuse me, these paintings to try to get somewhat of um, a shoe in to have their father or his father, excuse me, um, try to push some sort of political agenda or try to get closer ties to them in some sort of sense. That is 100% what's going to be happening. If they're not allowing people to even know who this is, it's another way, excuse me, of just funneling money to the Bidens without it having to go through some regulatory uh, view 
you know, like taking a donation or something. They're actually just, you know, just getting paid. I mean, it is kind of goofy if you think about it. You shouldn't be doing that. But Saki goes on to say that it's still the purview of the gallerist. Who we, she said that we still don't know. It will not know who the purchase of the paintings. And the president remains proud of his son. Well, I mean, I'd I'd be very proud of my my kid as well if they were selling paintings for seventy five thousand dollars. I mean, let's be, you take a couple of Crayola things and you slam it on a on a canvas and you sell it for seventy five grand. That's a hell of a profit margin. So the first son also earned three hundred seventy five thousand from print sales ahead of the West Coast art showing. I mean, he's already made almost four hundred grand this year just on that, which is kind of crazy. I'm only bringing this up because we're going to talk about it here in a second what's led up over the last few years and how this guy's made so much damn money. It is corrupt. Uh, Richard Painter, ironically enough, his name is Painter. He was the President George W. Bush chief ethics lawyer, said last week that the anonymous sales weren't realistic, and I think the White House needs to go to Plan B, which I don't really exactly know what he's insinuating there. Maybe the same thing that I said at the very beginning of this, and maybe they need to find a different thing to voice to the American people if they're thinking that this is going to fly. That's why they need to come up with Plan B. Buyers buy artwork to hang on the wall, not put in a closet. And that's what he's saying about who is actually buying the paintings. Painter said there should be full transparency of buyers identities and buying and his appointees should all sign pledges to ensure these people can get access or can't get access to the white house. So it's exactly what I said at the very beginning. That's what he's worried about as well. That these people who are buying the paintings are trying to get access to the white house and to persuade and or push a political agenda, get something pushed through. I don't know to get approved. So when Biden was vice president, we all know that Hunter took a reported 1 million a year job on the board of Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which is so crazy that this thing get reported on because this guy has no idea what he's even doing and he's on the board getting paid a million dollars. That's like me putting my dog on the board of the damn thing. And she's literally three pounds. She's a small little Yorkie that's literally walking around this room right now. Probably has the same exact knowledge on when it comes to energy-related stuff, but her last name is not Biden. Hunter Biden still owns, by the way, he co-owns a Chinese investment firm that was formed 12 days after he joined his father aboard Air Force Two for a December 2013 trip to Beijing, according to a recently reported business record. So this guy still owns a company within China. I'm not saying that this is the reason why they haven't been really tough on China, because, I mean, it's just a business in the end. I would assume that they're not going to be. But the fact that he owns a, a, a chunk of an investment firm over there, it's, it's kind of doesn't look very good. Documents and photo from a laptop formerly belonged to Hunter Biden indicate that Joe Biden attended a 2015 dinner in D.C. with a group of his son's associates. A Senate report released in September said that a firm linked Hunter Biden received $3.5 million from Baturina in 2014. Baturina is a Russian billionaire, by the way. So you guys are well aware. Photos and emails also posted by the Post also indicate that Joe Biden in 2015 hosted his son and a group of Mexican business associates at the vice president's official residence. So in 2016, Hunter Biden apparently emailed one of those associates while aboard Air Force Two. That is also very goofy. If you're going to send something really bad off, you probably shouldn't send it off from Air Force Two because, you know, every single one of those emails is tracked. He sent it off to an official in Mexico complaining that he hadn't received reciprocal business favors after he, quote, said this, I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the fucking White House and the vice president house and the inauguration. A 2017 email also recovered from Hunter Biden's laptop described a 10% set aside for the big guy as part of a prospective deal involving a Chinese energy company. Former Hunter Biden's business partner, Tony Bobulinski, said that Joe Biden was the big guy. Now, I don't know if that's true that he is the big guy, but I would assume, I mean, his dad is the big guy. Who else would it be the big guy? 
So there you go. I don't know how corrupt the White House is. Or not the White House. I guess I can call it the White House. But what is going on over there? I don't even know. The thing is, is who knows if Joe even knows what's going on? He may have back then. I mean, he was probably a little bit more, like, coherent up there in the brainy area. You know, like, the thing that's in between your ears. Back in 2015, 2012, and all that, he, he was definitely probably there. So we're going to move on a little bit from Joe Biden. Well, I guess we're not really going to. But the global s- supply chain nightmare, it continues to get worse. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm feeling the blunt of it myself when it comes to some of my businesses. I mean, everything, everybody is. I mean, there's just going to be a lack, a lack of products here when it comes to Christmas time. And that's going to be kind of an issue because Christmas is pretty, a pretty big buying season. My dog is literally over here trying to chew on a, a pig skull that I found in the woods. Hush, what you doing? Computer chip shortages are uh, pretty much a big issue as we do as we do know epic port congestion and a serious lack of truck drivers is the world's delicate supply chain are under extreme stress so when you don't allow people to work or you pay people to sit home i.e truck drivers if they don't go to work guess what it doesn't just really affect people here in america now they're starting to feel it all the way throughout the entire world the supply chain nightmare is jacking up prices for consumers and slowing the global economic recovery Supply chain disruptions will get worse before they get better. The weakest link may be the shortage of truck drivers as an issue of contributed to congestion at ports and caused gas stations in the United States, excuse me, the United Kingdom to run dry. So going back to people staying home during the COVID uh, the last 20 months or so, getting paid to stay home, truck drivers didn't go to work because there wasn't really any goods to move. And now you're having an influx of goods at the port, not enough truck drivers. I think they were talking about they needed an additional 6,000 new truck drivers just to pick up pace. And they're talking about opening it up uh, 24-7 to kind of make up for it. But the problem is, if you open up the port 24-7, here's, here's going to be the issue, which a lot of people need to think about. Truck drivers have very stringent re- regulations with how much they can drive. I'm sure there's actually some truck drivers listening right now. And I know that if you guys drive for a certain amount of time, you have to rest for a certain amount of time. It's the way it is. So running a 24-hour operation isn't going to be feasible because you're still not going to have enough drivers showing up because you're under tremendous amount of regulations when it comes to how far they can drive and, and how long and, and so on, which I know I'm not against. I think it's a good thing. It's gonna, it probably causes less accidents from people being fatigued on the road and falling asleep. But that's also another thing because there's now a record number of workers that are quitting their jobs, which is just crazy to me. At the same time, 4.3 million people quit their jobs in August, about 2.9% of the entire workforce. So almost 3% of the entire workforce quit their jobs in August. And those numbers are up from a previous record set in April from about 4 million people quitting. The reason why people are quitting, which I think is really stupid, is going to backfire in the end. It really is. They're wanting higher wages. That's fine. You can get your higher wages. But guess what? Your goods are also going to be higher at the same time. Like Everything you pay for in life is going to be now more expensive, which I don't think people understand how this entire thing works. You can get paid more, which is fine. But in the end, you're going to pay more in taxes. So you're kind of getting paid a little bit more. But then again, everything that you're buying because you're wanting to be paid more is going to cost way more money when it comes to like a consumer good that you're buying. Because now the the company that's building the product is having to pay the person more to build it. So then the cost of the goods sold is going to end up being more. It's, It's a huge huge snowball effect, which I don't think the person and an average person even realize. They might make an extra dollar an hour, but in the end, due to inflation, I mean, we're talking about it's up 5.3% right now. Your dollar isn't worth as much. You're going to be charged more to buy something and you're going to be taxed more. 
So according to the report, there were 10.4 million job openings in the country as of the end of August. That is, that is so stupid to me. How could there be 10? Like, I, I can drive down anywhere, especially when it comes to restaurants and stuff like that. There's no one working in restaurants. I want to do actually, what was it, a sushi place the other day? And there was one person waiting tables and two people making food. That's all they could get. And it helped wanted signs up. It took, took Kimi and I about an hour and 15 just to get a, some sushi. And I actually gave it to Charles because by that time I was a little bit more irritated. I wanted to eat it. Now I just went and got a salad. This gives workers enormous leverage as they look for a better fit, which I don't, I don't see that being the thing. That's it, not true. This is also an article that's trying to push for higher wages. I don't care if you want to get paid more. That's fine. But I also don't think that there's certain jobs that entitles you to be paid more. Like if you work at say like a, like a new job, the way I look at it, like when I was younger, I worked at, I, I pushed carts at Walmart. Me pushing carts at Walmart does not deem me being paid 15 to $20 an hour. That is, that is stupid. So this is, this is another way you got to look at it. So you have companies like that who have a ton, like tens of thousands of employees if they're having to pay a guy that's pushing a cart $15 an hour and they're having to pay somebody inside the office $15 an hour, which is, which is fine, do you, you understand the cost of goods within that Walmart is going to skyrocket for the average consumer that is trying to buy products? It's going to absolutely inflate the prices inside the stores. You think that paying right now, I think it's like $2.25 for a case of Coke, that shit's going to be $5, $6. We're, gonna, we're literally looking at Venezuela part two over here. Probably not that bad, but the labor department also shows that about 892,000 workers in restaurants, bars and hotels quit in August, as well as 721,000 workers in retail, 706,000 professional business service and 534,000 workers in healthcare. Wow. I don't know where they're going. I know that there's a a child tax credit. That's the other thing. Uh, They're thinking about raising it. What is it? Like $3,600 a month for a kid. I mean, imagine a family of four, that person can make 12, $13,000 a year. And not have to get, not even have to go to work. There's a lot of people in America that are fine taking food stamps and getting paid 12, 13 grand to stay home, which is not the America that we want. So with that also being said, this is another thing for all you people that actually enjoy working and who pay taxes. I don't want to sound too rude here. I'm just trying to be really honest. If you've, if you've been complaining about not being able to get a job, that is, that is the most naive, or you know, anybody that says, well, I've been having a hard time to get a job. That is an absolute lie. There's jobs everywhere in America right now. So since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, as you guys do know, demand for homes has also exceeded the supply of available homes to be to be sold. And I know this pretty well because in the area I live in, the house that I bought, this one I'm currently in, had 12 or 13 offers on it within the first 24 hours. Real offers. And that's pretty nuts when you think about it. And I bought it for, I think, $10,000 more. And they got to live in this house for six months longer because they wanted their kids to finish out school. That was fine. That's the only reason why I got this house. But Goldman Sachs actually came out and it projects home, home prices to continue to rise another 16% by the end of 2022, which is good for people like myself who bought the house in the end of 2020, which is fine. So it's going to tack on additional, say, 10 or 16%, whatever they say it is, it's, it's actually going to be. That's fine with me because I'm the kind of guy that probably will sell when the market starts to flatten out just to take a chunk of profit and reinvest it back into another chunk of land and just build a house. That's just the way I work, the way my mind works. I don't think this is being a bad thing, but it's going to hurt a lot of people that don't have jobs and they're going to continue to keep the mortgage rates down. And if you guys did not know this, despite uh, home prices actually coming up 20% over the past year, they suggest that this is going to be a relatively affordable thanks to historically low mortgage rates. That's, that's nuts when you think about it. So if you guys are looking to buy a home, buy one over the next year, you may pay a little bit more 
for the house, but your mortgage rate is much, much, much more important than the cost of the house. I promise you that depending on how much more you pay because mortgage rates, I don't think a lot of people understand how they work. You pay a lot, a lot of money in interest when it comes to mortgages, like an absolute load. If you actually looked at the amount of money you paid over 30 years, it'd make you rethink your life and probably knock it down to a 15 year note. So we got a few more to talk about here. I will say this Supreme Court is talking about the gentleman, the, the Boston bomber, as we all know. I was actually, matter of fact, I know exactly where I was when it happened. I was going through special forces selection, matter of fact. But anyway, the Supreme Court of the United States is set to hear oral arguments in the federal government's appeal to dismiss the Boston bomber for, de- de- for the death sentence, which I am 100% for this guy getting the death sentence. He should. I don't even know how it could be something that we're trying to argue about. But the Biden administration is actually doing something pretty good here. So when they do something good, I will let you know. And this is one. So the Biden administration is actually attempting to persuade the Supreme Court to reinstate the death penalty for the turd burglar that did the bom- uh, the Boston bombing. He was convicted of bombing that killed three people and injured over 250 in April 2013. After a federal appeals court threw out his death sentence last year on grounds that a trial judge made a mistake in excluding evidence. The DOJ argued that the court appeals erred in vacating the death penalty over the trial's court failure to have a prosecution jurors asked about the specifics of what the news reports they've seen about the case. So it's being thrown out because they didn't ask the jurors, certain jurors, I guess not all of them, about what news they've seen around the case. I don't think the news pretending around the case is going to change a, a juror's mind. It is what it is. Literally set his backpack down and blew up random people in America. If you do that, you should be put to death. 100%. Hell, in Afghanistan, if you did that right now and you were ISIS, the Taliban would literally hang you publicly. The Taliban's put the death sentence on people for stealing stuff, literally for stealing stuff. That's literally what happened. I'll be lost for words if this gentleman does not get the death sentence, which 100% he should get it. Just do the fact, I mean, he set off a, a freaking bomb in America at a, at a marathon. <laughs> like, like imagine being that, I couldn't imagine being that judge. Like, yeah, we, we can't give this guy the death sentence. No, he definitely should. So it just, it just sends a terrible message at the same time when it comes to terrorism like if you have terroristic threats within the united states like it should be sending a very harsh signal kind of like this the fbi says the taliban takeover in afghanistan is inspiring americans you guys know this as well so this is another reason why i say that we need to instill the death penalty on this gentleman so it'll harsher repercussive uh actions will actually be taken in the future the fbi believes that taliban's takeover of afghanistan is pushing americans towards active violence charles spencer Gentleman's name is Charles Spencer, the FBI's assistant director to International Operations Division. That's a hell of a title. Said his officers witnessed an increased of amount of chatter on social media and online from people who haven't traveled to the Middle East but have been influenced by the Taliban. So you literally have people in America who are being influenced by the Taliban for taking over uh, of Afghanistan. That's where people who are in the fringes, who are potentially not mentally stable and are not even affiliated with them, I think that's where they see this rallying cry and opportunity. Now it's time to go buy a gun, run people over with a car, do whatever they're going to do. It is crazy to me over the, over the time of, of doing this podcast, I have actually found out how resourceful the FBI is. They are actually really good at their job. Yes, they may let some things get through the cracks, but we talk about stuff on here and they actually do their job phenomenally. Like they do, they really do. Spencer noted that the Al-Qaeda, which has a long-standing relationship with the Taliban, as we do all know, is not equipped to launch a large-scale attack against the continental United States at this time, though it could be soon be uh, capable of attacking the U.S. personnel or facilities in the region. He does go on to say here that it's much easier to execute than it would be to going across the Atlantic. We're talking about doing stuff inside the region. 
uh, just so everybody's aware. But I can definitely think that within a short period of time, a year or less, maybe years, they could easily uh, probably project that kind of attack here in America. And we all know this. I mean, they're just building up is all they're doing. And they're going to poke fun and, and beat at uh, the, the Taliban as they do it, which there will be a civil war over there at some point. There you go. If you guys didn't know, EU pledges $1.15 billion to Afghan aid. This is also great. The European Union has pledged a billion euros in aid to Afghanistan and its neighboring countries. After two meetings with the Taliban officials over the past days, however, the Biden administration did not announce any new American aid for the country as it navigates its approach to an Afghan government run by, well, the Taliban. So I can imagine why Joe Biden wouldn't want to come out and say, hey, you know, we're going to give some aid to the... Uh, to the old Taliban over there in Afghanistan. It would look absolutely terrible for the administration to give money to the people we've been fighting for 20 years while he just literally made one of the worst uh, extractions in American history, the whole Afghan debacle, which I guess were extractions at the same time. Officials said that terrorism and safe passage were the main topics of discussion in a separate pair of meetings between U.S. officials and the Taliban. This was the first of the kinds that the Taliban formed a government last month, larger and far more fraught decisions such as whether to grant the Taliban diplomatic recognition, which is something we cannot do. We cannot do. We cannot do. And unfreeze billions of dollars with Afghan assets are not imminent, uh, the official said. That's good. So at least the Biden administration is acknowledging that we're not going to be giving the billions of dollars that they have inside uh, the bank in New York, along with there's no way we can give them diplomatic re- re- or, uh, recognition. There's absolutely no way. You can't, I mean, think about it. This, these people, these people right now, 40% of the GDP is, is literally solely based upon getting money from other countries. That's how much they rely on the world giving them money to make sure that they continue to go on with their life. So although the Taliban kidnapped and murdered foreign aid workers during their two-decade insurgency, they have been keen interest in the international community now that they are in power, as they hope to win diplomatic recognition and direct economic support to rebuild an improvised, or excuse me, an impoverished country gutted by decades of war. Oh my God. So they openly admit that they literally kidnapped and murdered aid workers, and now they're okay with them coming because they're in charge. Sickening is what it is. I'm, I'm just really glad that the Biden administration is actually not coming out and saying that they're working with them and they're actually just sitting back. I know why they're doing it. If, if they wouldn't have just jacked up uh, Afghanistan so bad, they'd probably be more keen to working with them and giving them some aid. But since they just actually dealt one of the most embarrassing blows to Americans image or America's image as, as a whole, there's no way he's going to come out and do that. All right. Final one. Our boy, Kim Jong-un, Woo-hoo! my favorite communist dictator. Yes, he's my favorite one because there's a movie about him. Anyway, uh, Kim Jong-un says that North Korea is building an invincible army to protect itself and accuse the United States of causing trouble in the region by treating it as a hostile. So, that's kind of goofy, still. I, I, I think this guy may have some, some, some mental problems, to be honest with you guys, if you think about it. But we aren't being hostile towards North Korea in one bit. Actually, I, I feel like we sit on the South Korean border and run some drills. And that's pretty much it. Hostile acts would be shooting rockets into the ocean towards Japan. Not going to say who's doing that. <sighs> anyway, the communist leader uh, pinned an increase in tensions in the North Korean peninsula on, on the U.S. He argued that it was being aggressive towards his nation. The solution he offered was to ward off any attacks by the nation by creating an invincible military capability. But he also took the opportunity to assert that he didn't expect war with South Korea, which is good, Kim. 
pretty good. Because, you know, if he goes to war with South Korea, he's going to get his ass absolutely handed to him by the United States. Let's just be real. He is well aware of that. And uh, let's be honest. North Korea weapons buildup is part of Kim's way of demonstrating that his country could survive any attack by either South Korea or the United States. That is a false statement. I am a fact checker for the government, and I'm saying right now that Kim Jong-un's, that uh, that is a false statement. Anyway, his speech also touched on economic issues. I would hope it did. I am ashamed that I've never been able to repay you properly for your enormous trust, he said. My efforts and devotion were not sufficient to bring our people out of our difficult livelihoods. You know what you got to do, Kim? Let me give you some advice here, buddy. Stop being a shithead. That's all you got to do. Stop shooting rockets in the ocean. Like, stop making uh, nuclear bombs. That's all you mean. It's really not that difficult. We have more nuclear bombs that we're trying to get rid of right now, apparently, than he will ever be able to make. So I don't know what he thinks he's going to win in a war. And you can't really win a war if you don't have an economy because you can't have anything built because you have no money. All you have to do, Kim, is stop being a fuckhead. I mean, it's that simple. Just stop doing dumb shit, you know? And they'd probably lift the sanctions and you can be a part of the world economy. I'm sure you have a lot of natural resources that could be mined out of there where you can actually generate some, some I don't know, some wealth for the country. And you can buy your own food. Margaritas. You can buy some margaritas. You want to buy some margaritas? Anyway, hey, hope you guys enjoy this podcast over here. I do love you guys. I'm going to be off to uh, France. So I will see you guys maybe over there. I hope I'll see you guys over there. I do love you guys. I'm out of here. See you.